check, check. Mic check. Network production. This is the Fly Moto 60 Show. Presented by Maxis Tires, Pro Taper, and Get Data. On PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races with your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. Presented by Get Pro Taper. And Maxis, coming on Thursday, April 12th, noon Pacific. Seattle's done. Thank God. Triple Crown, though, this weekend in Minneapolis. Yeah, Triple Crown. Got to love that. Give me some of that Triple Crown. Give it to me. Uh, Thank you for listening. Appreciate it. 702-586-7857. We are going to give away a Fly Racing uh, Roller Grande gear bag today on the show. Uh, nice uh, nice bag, fits everything, rolls really nice, and uh, we're going to give that away to a lucky listener on the show today who uh, calls in 702-586-7857. Uh, call in, talk some Seattle, talk some Minneapolis, talk some outdoors. We've got some news today. Christian Craig uh, is going to take that spot on uh, Factory Honda, Sealy's spot for outdoors. We kind of knew that was happening anyways. But uh, it's official today. So Christian Craig will be riding outdoors in 450. So if you want to call in and talk about that, you can do that. And uh, also, too, uh, Jason Thomas, Paul Parabinos will be on. Uh, Pro Taper, thanks to Pro Taper, the Geico Honda team, the Rockstar Energy Husky, the JGR guys, all running Pro Taper drive and control components, whether it's the Fusion Bar, the third, one-third waffle grip, the Twister Throttle Tube, their sport line they have out now. Uh, please check them out, ProTaper.com. Jason Anderson leading the 450 Supercross Series of Pro Taper components. Also, too, the folks at Maxxis Tires. You know Maxxis delivers the best tires for your bike, but did you also know that Maxxis offers high-quality tires for your car, your light truck, your trailer, your ATV, your mountain bike? Much, much more. Maxxis Tires lets you hook up, pull the cold shot, beat the competition in any terrain or conditions. The MXST tire is coming out real soon. I think next month. Don't hold me to that. Uh, developed by Jeremy McGrath, the king, Jeremy McGrath. Also to Get, uh, Cooper Webb, Justin Barsha is back this weekend. They use Get products. A whole heap of teams in Europe use Get products as well. Uh, the Get ECU generation. Join it, people. Uh, get some better starts. Get a, a works part for your production machine from the folks at Get. Please check them out on the web. Um, and their, their two-stroke CDIs are just absolutely killing it right now. And the biggest guy we got, Fly Racing, everybody. FlyRacing.com, whether it's uh, Weston Pike, whether it's the Seven Deuce Deuce, whether it's Zach Osborne, whether it's Blake Baggett, FlyRacing.com has got you covered. Justin Brayton as well has been a huge surprise. Justin Brayton last year didn't have a good year. This year he switched to Fly, and he's been almost better than ever. And that's not a coincidence. Put on Fly gear, be like Justin Brayton. Buy Fly gear, win Daytona. It's that simple. Flyracing.com. Uh, all right, everybody. Thank you for checking out the show. We got some lines open still. 702-586-7857. As people keep texting me. I don't know why. Stop texting me, everybody. Um, 
Um, let's talk. Uh, well, I'm Steve Mathis with me producing the show, holding things down over there. The part-timer, Tis Legendary. Taking a vacation doesn't constitute part-time. Are you or are you not do not doing the next two shows? I am not doing the next two shows. Okay, so you're part-time. Are we, you part-time on your racing? Um, when you go into report at the races? When you take a couple weeks off here and there? No. No? No, I'm not. <laughs> this is double standard, I'm still then. reporting. I'm still working. I'm still doing my, my I'll, workload. You I'll, are, I'll still be listening. You are, you will not be working at all for, for Pulp MX and Fly Race and Moto 60 show. True. Therefore, you are a part-timer. Um. Mm-hmm. Well, I, yeah. And you know what? Who's filling in? Rocky? I will, I'll is be, Rocky I'll the Bassett be, I'll be listening, which usually I don't normally do, so uh-huh. that constitutes half of the job, so maybe uh, I'll be doing a different half of here the job. Here we go. Uh, how'd you do in Pulp Max Fantasy in, the, in Seattle with the mud? It was actually my best week uh, ever. Oh, wow. But it was still only a 259, so that's not... Yeah. Uh, I, I'm right always around that 250 range. I, I've, I've learned I've not been choosing the whole shots or anything like that, but yeah, right. 259... I uh, actually beat everyone that I'm aware of, but that's still not a great score. What? So all eight guys? You make it all eight in the main? Yes. Yeah. All eight in the main. So you just played it safe with the mud. You didn't go crazy. Yeah, you can't go crazy, man. Like the, these guys that are choosing the 16 handicaps this far in yeah, the just season. Pettis, I'm, bro. I'm like no freaking way, man. Yeah. Like that's you're shooting for the stars, and yeah, you know, <laughs> more often than not, you're going to be losing. So all right, well, uh, there we go, everybody. That's. Uh, that's this legendary and is a 259, 57? Nine. 259. 259 in Pulp of Mix Fantasy. James Stewart. No, not the heck, yeah, true. Good good point. Uh, 702-586-7857. Jason Thomas coming up shortly from Fly Racing. Triple Crown. 250 East guys are back. When we last left, uh, it was the shootout in Indianapolis. And uh, Osborne and Plessinger padded their leads. Osborne's got seven uh, going on Forkner uh, coming into this Triple Crown, so that'll be interesting. But J-Mart has been on fire in the 250 class, and it's in Minneapolis. And guess what? He's from Minnesota. So uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how he can do. Let's get to some phone calls right now. First up is uh, Graham. Graham, what's up, man? I'm a little bit sore today, Steve, but I'm alive. Oh. Thanks to you. Thanks to me. Yes, I made a conscious decision. Big Air opened yesterday. It was the first time out. Well, I've been riding other places. The first time this place has been open, I'm going to put my chest protector on, and I crashed pretty bad, and it saved me. So, thanks to you. Bro, if you ride anywhere called Big Air without a chest protector, I mean, that's Hey, just you silly. ever go there with Kelly Smith? No, I never did. I heard about it. Never went there. We uh, we went to Baja. We went to, what's that road race track? There's a motocross track with a road race track back in the day. Um, I don't know. I, okay, I'm I'm young. All right, yeah, and uh, went to a few went to Log Road once, but uh, yep. never went to Big Air. Um, oh, okay. no, listen, my chest protector thing, like, look, it's not going to protect everything for sure, but you can't tell me they do nothing. You just can't tell me they do nothing uh, yeah. when it comes yep. to, when it comes to like lungs or ribs or whatever. Like, if you know, it, it, they have to do something. They have protection in there. They have pads in there to absorb some energy from a crash and and they just you can't tell me they don't do anything you know the one my one spot that hurts is the side between the front and the back yeah that's my one spot yeah so all right yeah wear a chest protector i mean come on pros what are you doing uh thanks thanks buddy appreciate it thank you yep thanks steve no problem uh flyracing.com please check them out on the web uh first up on the show today jason thomas what's up jt what's happening uh graham said i saved his life 
Graham, you saved Graham's life? Yeah, uh, he heard of me. He heard my voice in his head. He put on a chest protector, and he crashed hard at Big Air out in Michigan, and uh, he's fine because he put a chest protector. Did he land on a little kid? He did not. Okay. He did not. Um, right. No, I. yeah, man, I can't believe how long I raced without one. As I've gotten older and smarter, it, it does – it does feel different. I, I still don't love how they feel without a chest protector, but knowing what's possible to, to save yourself from injury, wearing one, yeah, it's probably a good idea. I mean, I just, like, they're not going to protect everything for sure. They're not going to be the save all, end all and be all, but these ribs and lungs injuries, I mean, like, you got to think that if you had a little bit of uh, plastic and uh, some absorption padding in there that comes with some of the chest protectors, it, it, that's mm-hmm. going to help. You know? Yeah, and honestly, the the technology's so good now. Um, whether it's a Fly One or an Alpine Stars A One, uh, they ha- we have options now that are really small but still really protective and CE you know CE rated foam that's super dense and going to protect you. Uh, it's not you know 1995 anymore where you have this huge clunky chest oh, protector you no. have to deal with. The stuff is really form fitting, and there's honestly there's no excuse to not at least have an under one on. Yeah, I know exactly. I, it's amazing for me. But uh, anyways, all right. So hey, Seattle is gone. Uh, thank you, thank God, Seattle is gone. Um, Triple Crown is back this weekend in Minneapolis. The third third uh, round we've had of the Triple Crown. So I'm gonna ask Paul this too. Uh, next year, 2019, do we see? More, less, or the same amount of these triple crowns? As of right now, going into the third one, I'm going to say more. Um, We'll see how this one goes, but I don't know how you could make any argument against the action we've seen in the first two. They've They've simply been incredible as far as action and suspense, and we've had different winners every single time. That's, I think, going to be uh, the, the deciding factor is if we go into another weekend where it's just a complete mix-up of who wins and you, you add all of that suspense in, I don't know how we can't expand it. And, you know, we've talked about this at length, but going up to five or six, you don't have to completely change, you know, the whole schedule. And you don't even have to – you can be less than half. But for me, I, I personally think it's a better format overall. I think it's a better format than what we've had. Do you think we can go 17 rounds of it? Do you think that could happen? Like in your eyes, should we? Would we? Yes, but not anytime soon. Yeah. Um, that would be baby steps, and then it would be, you know, you the people that are really against it, you just have to wear them down and wear them out until they just have to concede that it's a better format because I really struggle with anyone other than, you know, the hardcore purists saying that it's, it needs to be 21 minutes and yada, 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 which I can understand that because that was a, a strength of mine was training for 21 minutes. That's a really tough thing to do. Um, but as far as getting spectators involved and adding excitement, which I think the best product you can offer is only going to help everyone. You know, I don't think we're ever going to be NASCAR or, you know, football or any of these mainstream sports, but there is no argument that – but that the better product you can offer are going to have higher ratings and, and you know, maybe a, a little bit of extra money anyway. You know, years ago I was talking to Stewart and Chad, James Stewart and Chad, about the formats and changing things up, and everybody knows I've been yelling and screaming for a long time, and they both said to me independently, you know what, starts are really dangerous, and, you know, that's where people get hurt, and we don't need any more starts. And I'm like, okay, well, it makes sense, you know what I mean? Uh but um, we have more starts with these triple crowns, and so I guess that's something. If you're one of these highly paid guys, you're like, "Hey, what the hell?" You know. Uh, okay, and and I'm 
completely shooting from the hip here, but can you tell me how many injuries we've had from first turn crashes in recent history? No, I can't. Um, no, I can't. I mean, I know Obviously. Arlington's going to yeah. jump off the page. I yeah. get that. But that was a complete outlier, and people have to hit the brakes. So if you don't hit the brakes, yeah, bad things are going to happen. Yeah. But I can't think of a lot of injuries we've had off the start. You know, okay, there are pileups and stuff, but guys kind of get up and keep going, and I don't. I can't think of really anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's. It's. I mean, it, it's happened for sure, but I don't think it's happened more. Than other sections of the track. No, and that's know, what I'm yeah, saying. It's, it, I don't think you can use it as a deciding factor. There's not enough injuries that happen yeah. on the start for um, me. Yeah, no, it'd be interesting to see what they do. I, I know the teams are like, man, it's quick. Like, there's not a lot of time. I, I go I go out with Tony Baluti quite a bit here in Vegas and, and been asking mm-hmm. him about it and talking to him, and he's like, I mean, he's as old school as it gets, and he's just like, like, there's not enough time, man. Like, if things go wrong, there's not enough time. They got to think about us and times and blah, blah, blah. And I get it, man. I, I can't argue that point. You know, with four strokes and things go wrong, you know, it takes longer and all that. But I don't know, man. I I don't disagree with Tony. Tony's, man, he's such a smart guy. And he's right. You know, if things go wrong, it's going to put them in a really bad spot. But, I mean, things happen. Cars blow up in NASCAR, you know, yeah. whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that's the best possible scenario. Yep. But just – to change or, or to stay away from a format that's so great because we're scared of something breaking, man, I just I think there are ways to get around that. I think we can we can all you know make sure that every possible thing is is and it's no different for me than when we went to live TV. It put a lot of pressure on yeah. the mechanics to be ready. They had yeah. to be ready to fix anything in a moment's notice. So I think it's kind of the same thing. It's just kind of ramped up another level from that. But I just can't get past the fact that it's such a better end product than, you know, the yeah. the heat. And then, you know, we have all this downtime and, you know, we have that one main event and one start. And, and half the time the race is boring. Like the, the leader's gone and we're trying to find storylines throughout the main event where these triple crown races, I mean, it's just fast and furious. Like we can barely keep up with the action in these things. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do and the team managers and, and, and who, you know, who has uh, the most power here? OEMs, team managers, how we go, you know, or whatever. Yeah, think um, about, you know, just think, just think about leaving like Indy. Seattle's Seattle's not fair because it was so muddy, but Indy or uh, St. Louis. I mean, I'm not going to say they were boring races. You know, Forkner and, and Osborne had a good little battle going there for a while, um, but but then go back and I know you weren't in Atlanta, so that's not fair. But a two, you were at. But, man, it was just nonstop. Like, the storylines, like, we barely had time to even cover what was going on, and they were going again. Like, it was just more and more and more and more. And, man, I just I love that aspect. There, there's just been so many races where we love the sport, and we're going to find, you know, some sort of enjoyment out of it anyway. But the casual fan, it's really boring sometimes when, you know, Eli gets out front and wins by 20 seconds or Marvin, you know, the same mm-hmm. thing at Indy. There's just not a lot. There's not enough action there to keep the casual fan engaged, right. and I think that's what the Triple Crown does best. Who has benefited from these Triple Crowns, and who has uh, not benefited from these Triple Crowns in your eyes? A couple of guys, two of these, uh, two of these, four of these, whatever, whatever you think. Yeah, you know, it's it's been pretty consistent, and really the only guy that jumps off the page is Brayton. Um, you know, he got on the podium in the uh, in the first one at, at Anaheim two in in the whatever we're calling these motos races features whatever, and then uh, he was he I think he's been fourth overall at both rounds, uh, but he ended up winning that Atlanta one. 
but he he's the one that seemed like it's helped the most. Uh, the rest of the guys have kind of traded spots. Uh, Eli won the overall at A2. Uh, then he was, you know, he's bumped back to third um, at Atlanta. Oh, yeah. yeah, so these guys have kind of been all over the place. Um, J-Mart, even though he won one of the main events, I think he was still fifth overall in Atlanta. Uh, and then all the West guys had there. So it, it doesn't really seem like it's mattered a whole lot. Um, but Brayton seems like with his good starts, uh, it can make a big difference for him. The only question I have um, going in, and, and I don't know if it's going to matter or not, this is the, you know, to answer your question, it could help, is Christian Craig. He, uh, that was his first race, was, was Atlanta, and it was a triple crown. But man, he was up there every single time, and he got a really good finish out of that race. Um, and he's, he's struggled lately. You know, he's, I think he's gone 16-9-11 in his last three races. So for a guy who was basically running around the top five the first three or four races of his 450, um, you know, addition yeah. to the series, he's really had a tough time the last three weeks. So I'm looking to see him bounce back at a somewhat home race in a triple crown that he did really well at a you know a couple months ago. Tits, triple crowns as a, as a guy that sits at home. Yes, triple crowns, vastly more exciting. Yeah, yeah. You'd, you'd, you'd do more. You'd do, you'd do 17? Like, like you'd be fine with 17? or? Um, yeah, why not? Okay. Right. I, I'd, I'd say let's start off and go half and half, 50-50. Well, ambivalent tits actually has a, a side to pick here. Mm, Matt, it, right. It's still fun. That there's the occasional 20-lap race yeah. or 15-lap race that still has the excitement at the end. But in general, I think that the, the triple crowns are more right. um, exciting. But before you go whole hog, you know, why not go half and half and then yeah. – Go from there. Uh, triple crown or a chase, JT? Oh, I'll take triple crown yeah, for okay. sure. All right. yeah. yep. um, you know, the, the thing about it, you're gonna, we're going to get pushback from some of these guys. Um, I, I have an opinion that DeCoster doesn't love the triple crown because for these teams, they want, you know, kind of everything to come out in the wash, so to speak, by the end of the main event. You know, they have they feel like they have the best guys, and they know that those guys at the end of 21 minutes should be near the front. Well, when you introduce these eight-minute races, ten-minute races, you up the chance of variance, and then your results can kind of skew all over the place. Well, that's not what they want. They want consistency and predictability and uh, a long race where their guys finish at the front. So I think you're going to get pushback from those guys about adding even more than three. Um, but I think this is where Feld's going to kind of – they have to put their foot down and say, hey, guys, like this is for the good of the sport. And your guys are still the best guys, and they're going to do well. But to have a better product and to keep pushing and progressing this sport, yeah, we're we're gonna have to make this move and keep pushing it forward. So I think they're gonna they're gonna get you know get some pressure to not go above three. But I think this is where they have to you know kind of lean back and say, you know, we can't make decisions based on one or two guys or one or two teams. This has to be we have to think about everybody. Well, we need it first. We gotta figure out what to call these things. That's first. Yeah, you're more worried about yeah, that than yeah. me. All right. Uh, let's get some phone calls. 702-586-7857. Anthony, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, doing great. How you guys doing? Good. What's happening? What's your uh, what's your question for today? Um, well, I actually had a uh, kind of had a funny thing with you being a hockey yeah. fan. I, I why we don't call them periods, you know? Yeah, maybe. Sure, periods. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It's better than crowns. People have been saying call them uh, crowns. That's ridiculous. That's stupid. Um, no. But uh, anyways, <laughs> we, we, yeah. The the real question I had, um, I was listening to the Pulp Show uh, yesterday, and you guys were talking about the uh, Nut Up team and the, the Hep Suzuki team. Yeah. I've always been curious, why don't more manufacturers maybe get into supplying bikes and parts and ri- more riders carrying personal sponsors? 
Um, well, I, I mean, they people do, you know. Um, they OEMs do that. It, it's expensive, you know. Um, it's not part of the budgeting to go racing. It's kind of a company philosophy uh, on supporting other teams. I mean, you look at the uh, Rocky Mountain guys and KTM's real big part partner of that and into that and supplying that. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a. I mean, I, I guess. You know, first of all, with Honda and Honda helps the motors, the uh, MCR team. But I guess Anthony, for for that, you have to have a program. You know, Suzuki's kind of they're rebuilding a little bit, they're recharging. So I think they were like, "Hey, let's give as many bikes out as we can to to get back into into the mainstream thought here of of a team." But uh, I know people have approached Cowie before with pretty good programs, and Cowie's like, "Nah, we're good. We got our two guys. We spend millions of dollars. They're the, they're the ones that are going to win." You know, Sweet. Um, you know, JT, uh, what do you think about the whole thing? Yeah, I think they're, you know, maybe moving forward, there might be some more opportunities. You know, uh, MotoGP, which I know you don't care for, Steve, but it's it's a hugely popular sport. Uh, it's That's big with OEMs, and, and they're leasing equipment to lots of teams. So they're they're kind of getting involved that way. Not not too dissimilar to what, you know, the Rocky Mountain KTM team does with, with KTM proper. Um but, you know, in MotoGP, there's LCR Honda team. They're buying equipment from Honda. Um, the, t- Moto, the Tech 3 Yamaha team is buying equipment from Yamaha. All these teams have the ability to get factory-level equipment. Um, now, so do they have I, the same as do – do these teams get the exact same bikes and it parts? It depends. Okay. It depends. Uh, so, you know, in the past, no. For this year, though, uh, one of the Honda LCR Honda guys, his name's Cal Cutrill. Cal Crutchlow, excuse me. He actually just won the last race um, in Argentina. He's he's on a full factory bike, the same as Marquez, which has not happened before. It's the first time that's kind of been allowed uh, by Honda, and he's he's the points leader for the World Championship. So I think with them, you know, that success, seeing that success, uh, a team like Tech Three Yamaha, they don't have anywhere near the same bike that Valentino Rossi has even though they're a Yamaha factory team. Um, and, it, and it's kind of the same in moto. You know, for, for Blake, he he has the access to the same equipment, but maybe not as quickly or maybe not, you know, doesn't have every bit of data that, you know, Marvin Muscan would have. So um, it's not too dissimilar there because at the end of the day, and you know this, Steve, the OEMs, they want to win with their team. That's why yeah. they're there. Yeah. That's what they want to do. You know, if, if Blake wins on a KTM, that's great but they would rather Marvin win. That's just fact, and that's how it's always going to be. So I think they're always going to hold back a little bit of something just to give them that edge. Yeah, in the past, when support team riders have done really well, upper upper management has been like, why is that team winning and you're not? Like, why are we – what's going on with those guys? Like, should I get those guys instead of you guys? You know, so uh, a little bit of politics and ego at, at play there, Anthony. So, all right. Well, I guess I guess my my thought process behind it was kind of, and I know we hate using the uh, NASCAR model, but just something where, yeah, kind of a massive OEM back backing. But how about, uh, I, I appreciate yeah, like, how appreciate about, the answer, though. Yeah, thanks. How about like you know what would be what would probably be great for the sport, and it's never going to happen. But what would be great for the sport is all the OEMs going away, and and leasing, selling slash giving the equipment to private businessmen to run their teams like Coy Gibbs, Mike Genova, and Kerry Hart, and all these guys, that would be the best thing for the sport because then every team owner in the paddock would be financially responsible for profits, losses, expenditures, and perhaps these promoters would work a little bit better with 
the owners when they have their own personal money on the line, like all the NASCAR guys. But as it is now, the OEMs spend millions of dollars, and they get they have no profit in this. They're just spending, and that's all a marketing business. And so they're not really that concerned with what's going on as far as um, you know the spending the spending the money, going to the race schedule, how many races, this and that. Um, so Coy Gibbs and Mike Genova are at such a different level than, well, DeCoster or Eric Kehoe or even those guys' bosses. I mean, it's not their money at the OEMs. It's Coy's money. It's Genova's money. You know, so we have this disparity in the pits where these team owners, some of them are like, hey, man, like, this is my business. This is my life, Bobby Hewitt, Forrest Butler. And other OEMs are like, yeah, yeah, we don't care. We just work here. You know, we're just spending all the money. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a real different aspect uh, to our sport. What's that I think the I think the big thing here is that you know we just don't have we don't have the money that like MotoGP does because those guys are spending crazy amounts of money to buy equipment from Honda or Yamaha or whoever. We're we're not going to have that. You know, Forest is one of the only teams. Uh, you know, I don't know what the the deal between Genova and Honda is if they're having to spend any money, but um, that's where they're spending millions of dollars to buy bikes in MotoGP from the OEMs. Yeah. And our sport, we're just not going to, we don't have that. So I don't know this for a fact, but I would be willing to bet if someone went to Bruce at Cowie and said, hey, you know, we here's a $1.5 million check. Could we get some factory equipment? I bet, I bet they would. Yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling someone yeah. would come up with some factory equipment for yeah. them. Well, uh, unfortunately, Jack, we just yeah. don't have that money in yeah. this sport. Uh, thanks for the call, man. Thanks, Anthony. All right. Thanks, guys. And, and you know, JT, I've, I've talked to Bruce specifically about this, and Bruce is like, and this is his attitude, and I can't say this is a shitty attitude or anything, but I wish it wasn't so. He's like, people just care about who wins in this sport. People just, and that's, these are Josh Grant and Eli Tobak. These are our winners. These are the guys we picked. And to field a team of bikes and parts and works parts for a guy to get eighth or tenth just isn't worth it. And I'm nah, like, I don't, I don't know. I would disagree with Bruce because they would never have a second rider then. Well, they got to have somebody in case of injury. Why know, protection? If they only care if we only care about who wins, right. then why have a second guy? Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Yeah. I guess. I just. I wish you know that in, NAS, mean, in NASCAR, like you could. You could be like a good driver and and yeah. go like 12, 19, and blow up in three straight races, and it's like no big deal. Like you're still yeah. going to get lots, plenty of coverage. You know. But in that vein of thinking, we would have. I mean, we yeah. would only have. We would have Roxon. We would have Tomac. Right. We would have. You know, there would yeah. be like six guys in the whole paddock, yeah. and that would be it. Wow. it. You know. So I, I don't completely buy into that. that. I think that's Kawasaki's thinking. Monsters thinking is we need coverage, so get another yeah. guy. You know. Yeah. I don't know. There's a little bit of different. I don't disagree that. that the focus is always on the elite, elite guys, but I, I mean, there has to be guys out there, and people actually, I mean, they care. You know, when when a Brock Tickle or a Justin Boat, when they walk around the pits or whatever, people are asking for autographs and wanting to take pictures. I mean, people care. You mm-hmm. know, maybe not no, to I the know. extent. I know, but yeah, yeah I didn't care. say I agreed with him. I just I wish yeah, it wasn't yeah. so. I just because right. I mean, you know, the whole thing about this pulp stuff is. Is, is helping people kind of discover some guys, you know? And I, I think that's a cool part of our, our sport. Alex Ray's and Nicoletti's and Adam McDignaps and, you know, Bowers and these guys. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's cool. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get to – hey, Justin Barsha's coming back. Um, and in one of our group texts this week, someone said, do you think Barsha was ready for Seattle, took one look at the weather and said, nah? <laughs> I don't think so. And, and our next guest – I think he feels that way, but um, 
man, he's always been so good in the mud. Like, you would think if he was ready and he saw the weather, he'd be like, hell yeah. I, he, I mean, it, he's used weather in the past to turn his seasons around. So if it was any other guy but Barsha, I would say yeah. maybe yes, but it seemed like that would be such a good opportunity for Barsha if he was ready. Hey, this is a this is quietly, this is a big deal for, for me as a media guy because, okay, Barsha, last couple years at JGR, uh, he's been injured. When he's come back, he's never really been that good. He's been actually terrible for him, quote unquote, you know. And it hasn't gone well, and he has he's been frustrated and super cross wise. And so we all know what happened this year. Like he was a podium threat. We thought he could win some races. Um, he was incredible to start the year, and it looked like he had turned everything around on the factory Yamaha team. Well, unfortunately, he got hurt again. So now, much like other years, he is jumping in. You know, with it, with it, coming off an injury, mm-hmm. and what do we see? Do we see, pre, you know, Anaheim one Justin Barsha, or do we see JGR Barsha, who's off the pace, struggles to get back in? This is huge for me. I'm really interested in this. Yeah, I think it'll be really important for us to not judge off the first race because I don't know how ready he is or how long he's been riding or any of that. Um, I'm gonna try to try to judge over the last four rounds and make a make an assessment because it's going to take a minute to come back. You know, he got hurt at Arlington, right? Was where he got hurt? Uh, I, believe, I, I believe so. Um, so that's it's been two months since he was hurt. Uh, so I don't I don't know. I'm I'm I don't expect a whole lot this weekend. I think he'll get a good start here or there, but I don't think we should expect him to come out with the same podium level that he had at the okay. beginning of the season. I just don't think returning from injury is that's a fair expectation but we've seen guys return from injury and yeah i just don't think you in. should expect it right yeah okay you um, know if, if he doesn't improve at all over the last four rounds and he's running in 10th place all four weekends then yep. yeah i mean something's got to be up right. but i i think he'll from what i saw from his confidence i don't see why he wouldn't come back with really uh high expectations of himself mm-hmm. because man he was so good when he left right yeah it'll be uh it'll be interesting I, i'm i'm uh I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, AJ, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, good, Steve. How are you? Good. What's happening? Yeah, uh, well, first of all, I usually listen to archives, and I listen to my podcast at one and a half speeds. And so, like, hearing you live, at first I was like, shit, is Steve having a stroke? Like, you, it just sounds so much slower than I'm used to. You, listen to, you listen to one on a one and a half speed to the podcast? Yeah, it's on your, uh, like, podcast app. Yeah, no, no, I know. I, I, get, there's, there's so many poll podcasts. You know, I try and get through them all through the week, and so... Dude, I can't. Uh, do you that. I can't. That's don't have it, as much time. You get it's, it's weird at first, but then you get used to it, and then you can't go back. Like, like uh, I said, when I first started like, listening live, I was like, "Holy crap, this sounds so slow." Yeah. Well, no, it's possible uh, I'm having a stroke, though. It is possible. Hope you're not. Uh, hey, so my question is about the triple crown format. This is the last one coming up. Now, is it? Do they do Olympic style scoring for all three of the triple crowns, and then is there like a special tro- tro- trophy or prize or winner at the know, end? Of, <laughs> do you win no, the triple crown series, or is it just no. like you just gave it a special name? No, they just gave it a special name. They used to do a Vans triple crown, a Toyota triple crown, or a Rockstar triple crown, and this and that. Um, you get some kind of bonus, yeah, or, or prize money. As or, far as I, JT, as far as I know, nothing, right? Yeah, I don't think there. I don't think it's officially a triple crown, other than they wanted to do three of them, and triple crown had a nice ring to it. That's from my understanding, anyway. Um, gotcha. That's there, not there, as cool. There was a Pulp MX quadruple crown. Devin yeah, Raper, Devin Raper won it, right? Yeah, Raper won it. So um, Raper gonna Raper. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh, Steve Mathis, a man of the people. Yes, that's that. That's me. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Take care. Thanks. Um. 
That'd be kind of cool. You've given but... a lot of money away. I know that he's joking there, but you've given a lot of money, a money, a I lot have. of money away to privateers. I have. I absolutely have. I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn, but we were doing. No, those, I'll do it for you. Yeah, we were doing you. those jersey raffles for a while, where we were matching whatever eBay, whatever eBay got from factory yep. riders and giving it to a guy. Uh, we sponsored some You've privateers. Done two stroke challenges. Two Chris stroke. Blows. Yep. Two stroke stuff. Uh, yeah, absolutely, man. Um, yeah. No, I bet cool. you. I bet you we've given ten to fifteen grand away. Yeah, you should be commended for that. Yeah, no one will. No one gives a shit. No, oh, I'm, I am right now. Yeah, you do, but nobody officially actually cares. Um, Aaron, what's up, man? How are you? Good. How you guys doing? Good. What's going on? Hey, um, I'm not a guy that complains a lot or or anything like that. I'm not a hater, but um, uh, the broadcast last week was driving me insane. Um, every every time a first place finisher would cross the finish line, win the race, then they'd go right to a commercial. And there's like, uh, you know, a whole, you know, eight more guys trying to qualify. And, um, and in the, okay. Uh, in, I don't know, JT. What, what? You know what? My the Seattle race was so boring that my DVR refused to record it. Like I don't know what happened. It just <laughs> Seattle did not record for me on any of my DVRs. I don't know what 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 happened or anything. But um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, JT, your thoughts. Uh, yeah, they, I mean, you know, the golden rule is they always have to show the winner crossing the finish line, which we just taught us. Um, but I think honestly, after that, yeah, that's it. They're just trying to get, I think, coordinated and what we consider to be super relevant. Maybe the, you know, uh, cameraman doesn't or production crew doesn't. I think they're trying to make sure that they get the leaders and on them, whatever the post-race celebration they may be doing or whatever, um, but I don't disagree with you. You know, for me, I kind of already know who's going to win. I watch them go over whatever. I don't even care. I'm I'm watching the battle in the back to see who's right on the bubble because that's where the action is, and that's where, man, I spent so much of my career there. So I know how nervous and tense that situation is going on back there every single time. Um, and there was a lot of that at Seattle. Those guys were going for it on the last lap in those heats and LCQs. So I don't. I just. I would uh, say I agree. I think they should try to focus on that a little bit more. And sometimes they do. It's not every yeah. time. Um, but, um, I wonder what they did for the. Uh, again, I didn't watch the show. I couldn't couldn't find it, and then I couldn't find a re-air of it. Um, I wonder what they did for the shortened mains. What they do? Did they throw an extra segment in there for somebody? You know what I mean? Uh, I know. Like, I know there was a really long break. You know, some there was a lot of commercial breaks in there, but yeah. <clears throat> I'm not sure what they do in that situation. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, you want to uh, you want a new gear bag? Oh hell yeah! All right, fly racing roller grande gear bag for you. you can, it's so big you can fit JT in it and wheel him around. Yeah, that thing's sweet. <laughs> yeah, uh, nice. Thanks, thank you. Thanks, Aaron. Stay on hold to get your information. All right. All right. Thank you, uh, Jeff. Uh, you have a new name for these triple crown races. Yeah, like a lot of other people, but I just wanted to throw it out there. Um, what about calling them sprint mains instead of sure. what, yeah. I mean, whatever? Yeah, you know, cause and, you got your, yeah we can and you could them, almost uh, go. Yeah, we can say like, Justin Brayton. Justin Brayton's got two sprint main wins. You know, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, then, yeah. and then you could go so far as to award uh, a third of points to everybody. So instead of giving a full twenty-five at the end of the night for each main, so they count as mains, you give them like eight or ten points for first. Trickle it down, and at the end of the night, the rider with the most points wins the overall. And then they still get points per race, and it kind of factors in like a main event win. Yeah, they do that now. I mean, they keep track. It's Olympic style scoring, right? No, I mean, I mean, like, like eight. Like, if if a rider were to get like first place in the first sprint main, got eight points on the night, counting towards the championship, 
and then DNF the other two. They still oh, got eight points for that uh, night. Yeah, the teams don't want those points awarded in the sprint mains. They just don't want it. It affects the oh. title hunt too much. If you have a DNF or a crash in main one, you're, you potentially could lose – you know, however many points they they want to eight or sixteen yeah, if you yeah, DNF the other yeah. two. Yeah, yeah I, okay. They just, but, yeah, they don't want to do yeah. it, so they'd rather just lose twenty six if they if they can't win. So, um, <laughs> okay. Th- thanks, man. All right. Yeah. Bye. Thank you, uh, JT. All right. So the East picks back up. The two fifty East picks back up. Um, I'm interested to see Jeremy Martin now. When we last saw Jeremy Martin, he had won um, the uh, shootout in Indianapolis. He had gotten second the week before, second the week before that, I think, or third. Um, Will the week off affect that, you think, that kind of momentum uh, from J-Mart? I don't think so. You know, it's confidence, and I'm sure he's ridden mostly outdoors in the interim uh, since they last raced at Indy. You know, I, I would bet the first week he rode outdoors entirely. I don't know what he did over the weekend. Most guys take the weekend off. And then I would bet he at least rode outdoors again uh, a day or two this week. So the focus is slowly changing over from Supercross to outdoors. But for him, I think it's going to be more confidence than anything. Uh, man, he's had so many rough weekends and, and honestly seasons in Supercross that you know over the last three or four rounds, he's been great. Like he's won and been on the podium and been near the front every single time. So I don't know that he'll win Minneapolis, but to see him come out swinging and, and ride like he's going to wouldn't surprise me at all. Does uh, Lolita seven, Osborne over Forkner, does yep. he leave the Triple Crown more than seven or less than seven? It's a good question. Um, you know, the last time these guys tangled in a Triple Crown, it was – it was all out war. You know, those guys were ready basically to fight each other. So I really think it'll come down to Zach's starts. Uh, I think Zach has the upper hand just on an experience level. Um, and he just kind of, you know, he's a returning champion. And I think he just is a little wiser at this stage of the game than Austin. But if Zach can't get himself to the front soon enough, Austin will be gone and it won't matter. So uh, I'll say Zach leaves with more. Uh, but I'm not very confident with it, man. Austin's riding really, really well, and his starts seem to be a little bit more consistent than Zach. So the pressure's on for Zach, and especially in the first two, to get a decent start so he's not coming from you know 15th or worse. Yeah, it, uh, it'll be interesting for sure. That uh, You know, and Jordan Smith, I was looking at the points again. Jordan Smith's only 10 back of Austin. Yeah, he's right there. Yeah. And Jeremy Martin's not that far back either. Well, especially if Jay Martin get, kept to keep those seven points that he lost yeah, for jumping, yeah, you know. Yeah, for sure. But uh, – yeah, uh, Jordan Smith. Uh, props to him, man. You, we haven't mentioned him a whole lot, um, but uh, well, yeah. the thing you know, the thing about this is, is if those guys stay this tight, you know, if J Mark could come out and win this weekend and bring it even closer, think if you had three, maybe even four guys within ten points going into a shootout round in Vegas. I mean, it would be full chaos with with that many guys in the main event that could screw up the points, man. It would be, it would really be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. All right, JT, thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. We'll see you this weekend in Minneapolis, man. Bring the snow boots, I guess. I guess. Yeah, all right, guys, see ya. See ya. Uh, com. Uh, get Pro Taper, Maxxis Tires all on board. Uh, thanks to those guys as well, flyracing.com. Please check them out. Uh, brand new gear out now. The stuff that they wore in Daytona is still available. So if you were uh, flyracing.com, you could win the Daytona Supercross, like Justin Brayton. And Pro Taper as well, from Anderson to Bradshaw back in the day, Pro Taper prides itself on all of its products, control and, and drive. And uh, Rockstar Husky guys, Geico Honda, JGR Suzuki, all Pro Taper people get. Uh, Justin Barsh will be having, using that get uh, product on the front fender of his YZ450 this weekend, as will Cooper Webb. And the Maxxis tires, the MXST tire. Jeremy McGrath developed it. So uh, grab, the, grab that tire and grab the whole shot. 
Uh, all right, let's get to our next guest here, 702-586-7857. We still have some lines open, but uh, to give us his take on uh, Minneapolis and more, Paul Parabinos from ProTaper. What's up, Paul? How are you, man? Steve, what's up? How are you? I'm good. Uh, all right, 2019, more, less, or the same Triple Crowns, you think? Um, I uh, Let's say not less. Maybe uh, maybe one or two more. Okay, I, I guess I yep. can go for. Yep. Yeah, um, and JT and I were just uh, kind of espousing that we love these things and we think it's great. And uh, what, what's your take on them? Yeah, I like them too. Um, you know, I think you can look at it from many sides. I mean, we're obviously all fans are all kind of fans and working in the industry, so we understand it. We know a lot. Of, we know kind of what's going on. Um, I do think there's a lot of fans that sit in the stands that have no idea what's going on. So I think that can only kind of be fixed with time. I think they're doing a decent job. And, and I say decent, I don't know if it can be done better. or It could obviously be be done worse. They've improved since Anaheim. Atlanta was better. But, um, you know, they're doing a decent job in explaining how what's going on in the new format. So, um, but but they are they do produce super exciting racing. So mm-hmm. no one can can disagree with that. I think so. I think it's cool. Um, uh, I, yeah, I think I think it's a really cool format, and and I think a little bit more here or there I think would be cool. So, yeah. Um, but I think there's also refinement mm-hmm. still to be made. Well, we got to come up with a, a name for them first of all. All right. Um, yeah, Triple Crown Motos. No, I thought we, I thought we no, put this it's, to bed. It's dumb. Um, okay, so uh, uh, Barsha's back this weekend. What do you expect from him? Well, I think he's going to be fine. Um, honestly, I think he was probably going to go to Seattle. I, I think that was the original plan. He probably just looked at the weather report and said, eh, I'm going to say I'm not ready yet and show up in Minneapolis. I think that's probably what I think happened. But um, uh, I think he'll be fine. You know, I think he can step right in and, and be decent. Uh, he did kind of teeter off a little bit of his podium streak before he got hurt. But um, – a triple triple crown format, I think, is right up his alley. Um, as long as he can come right back in there and get the starts he was getting, I think he can be in the mix. But um, who who knows? You know, his injury wasn't. You know, I don't think his injury would be anything that would mess with him mentally. It was kind of really, you know, no fault of his own. He got hurt. He got landed on. I mean, I guess he rolled the jump. I mean, that's his fault. But um, yeah, I think he can march back right in there. I would I would say he's in the top ten for sure. Do you? Uh... It's hard to see Jason Anderson. Like, Jason Anderson has been the points leader all the way through the year. He's had some trying times. He's fallen in the first turn in the main events and been dead, dead last. He's had to go to the LCQ at races and and salvage that. Now this weekend we had torrential mud, and he rode very well to get a second. Like, every sort of challenge to Anderson where you could see the points – getting uh, chunked out of by Marv or Eli at different points, he's risen to, to the to challenge it and met it and done well. So it is really hard to see Jason Anderson um, crashing or losing this thing or, 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 or you know, getting, it, uh, getting this thing even close by, by the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's not over till it's over. Uh, anything can happen in, ra- can, in racing, obviously. But, but, yeah, he has risen to the occasion multiple times. I think he's had uh to deal with a lot of adversity um you know obviously a lot of things went his way in the beginning with some guys getting hurt but you know what you gotta you gotta be in it to win it and and he's 
again, you, you know, we're talking about now, he, he's, he's risen to the challenge so many times and overcome a lot of things that he really deserves this title, I think. And, and I think he's shown that he's made improvements, whether it be his attitude, his consistency, his speed, his fitness, whatever it is, he's, he's figuring it out. And um, I think he's confident, and I think he believes that this is his title. And, um, yeah, I think uh, it's all going to plan so far. But, you, yeah. Yeah, yeah it just happened. You, so. you, you captured it there. He got some breaks early on. But from there, he has also uh, risen through challenges that, 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 that have hurt other guys and knocked other guys out in the past. And he's, you know, certainly uh, due to crashes and whatever, he's um, had these issues and he's managed to just ride phenomenally. And, 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 you know, grab points back. So, full full marks for him. Uh, all right, let's get to some phone calls here for Paul Perabinos. First up is Skippy. What's up? Hey, what's up, guys? How are y'all? Good. What's going on? Not too much. Hey, I was just wondering, uh, I know, you know, good starters are good starters, but do you think it's going to affect these guys at all starting all year uh, with the uh, great, uh, the crates or whatever, the metal crates, and then outdoors transferring to dirt? Or how do you think that's going to play a role in the starting program? What do you, what do you think, Paul? Um, I mean, yeah, I'm a huge believer in good starters or good starters. I think if any, if the greats have helped anybody, I think they've helped Eli Tomac um, the most. He seems to have had it figured out. And one of the cool, I, I don't know if it's a cool thing, but the one of the things you can do with greats is you can fully nerd out with your team because nothing is changing. You can, you know, you can create throttle position sensors and and find optimum RPMs and and body positioning and all this thing, all these things, but. I'm a huge believer in the start is not just in how you release the clutch and come off the gate. It's it's in the first 20 feet, and it's also in the first turn, too. You have to hold it on longer than other people to get a whole shot. So, um, uh, I mean, these guys are professionals, and, and I don't even think it's a huge deal. If they have to go back to dirt, big deal. They need to figure it out. And, and, um, and yeah, like, obviously getting a start is always top priority. So um, I think greats will eventually transition motocross probably in 2019. I think they'll be there. But, um, but yeah, I think it's not a huge deal, you know, and, and, yeah, to switch back to dirt, I don't think it's a huge deal. Yeah. I, I'd like to see the greats gone in Supercross, too. I agree. I, I just I, – and also, too, starting devices. I've said this, too. Let's put the skill back in getting a start. You know, maybe that'll change things. I don't know. But uh, right now, you're on a great. You have ignition. You have a start hook. Dude. I mean, it's practically you know taking everything out of your hands. Yeah, so. the, on, the 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 only kind of, it seems like the only element left that you can be better at than other people is just your mental <clears throat> outlook. Yeah, everything has become so kind of cookie yeah. cutter and easy. Yeah, so thanks, easy, Skippy. But. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys. Thank you, uh, Jeremy. What's going on? Uh, what do you want to ask? What AP? Aaron Plessinger. Yeah, quick question. Uh, you know, you're, you guys are talking that AP's the next hot up and coming 450 guy because he's a bigger guy, so he's being held back a little bit by the 250F. But I was kind of thinking Stewart and Carmichael were both, you know, midgets, basically. Um, and, uh, you yeah. know, they did awesome. So, uh, you know, just being him a bigger, you know, if oh, he's yeah. a bigger guy. Yeah, no, you're right. So. Yeah, it, uh, Mike Bell, Travis Preston, a couple of really tall guys that made it work, you know. And then there's Carmichael right. and Stu and Alessi that are super, kind of shorter guys. That's the great thing about motocross, for sure, is you can be any size and be super fast. Um but, uh, you know, there is no doubt that Motor is the king in the 250 class. If Aaron was on anything but a Yamaha, I wonder if his results would be a little worse. Yamahas have great, True. great motors. But uh, I, apparently, from what we hear, Aaron Plessinger is going to be back in 250 Supercross next year. He'll, if he wins uh, his title, if he wins his title, he's going to have a chance to defend it per the rules. And uh, he'll be back down there. So, And then uh, I don't know after that, Paul. What do you, what do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I think obviously everyone is in agreement, us, the industry, that he could be, um, he has huge potential for the 450 class. Um, but really, you never know how it's going to go, you know, uh, these transitions. I'm not sure body type or any of that has so much to do as far as how things go. Um, you know, for instance, you know, when Dungey transitioned, he showed up good and prepared, and then he had Chad Reed and James Stewart get hurt, and, and he was able to get a lot of experience racing at the front. And um, I think it has a lot to do with coming in at the right time, making sure you're prepared, um, being fit, um, and having some things go your way, honestly, that to where you don't get your confidence knocked down and then you're having to fight fight back, you know. So um, he could definitely be good, but I think it's uh, I think we'll for sure see him in the 250 class all year next year, and, and then we'll, we'll see him on a 450 in 2020. I would guess. Maybe he has Marty in his ear like, bro, yeah. just stay here, make uh, all this cash. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, seriously, if you're, if you're advising it, AP came on the Pulp Show and said, I will be 450 next year. This is it. You know, but that's but he's like I said, he's the 80th guy, that 250 guy that said I will be 450 next year. You know, just like Jeremy Martin, right? Right, Martin. Christophe Porcel said that for a couple of years too. You know, so um, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Right, thanks. And now we hear Paul that Zach Osborne's going to stay down in 250 motocross for the number one plate, and he was he was scheduled to move up. I mean, I get it. Like, grab the cash while you can, and the 450 rides will always be there. But you'd like to see somebody, you know, put the balls on the crossbar and move up to the big boy class. Yeah, obviously you want to, but I mean, um, it, that's uh, in in today's time, you don't always get what you want, and and you know, it's really about um, it's really about doing the things that are going to give your sponsors and your team the best kind of return on their investment or the best move for the future. So, um, I mean, Husky can't to me, Husky can't go racing outdoors with the with you know with Jordan's. Oh, I'm sorry, with. Uh, with Moseman, um, Mitchell Harrison, and, and Jordan Bailey, like they they can't do that. Like that's not good enough. So I think they need to they need to have Zach in that class because they need to have make sure that they are contending. And I'm not sure that they would contend with that other group. Yeah, yeah, I know. I think well, Pro Taper will hold back some payments probably. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, hey, so J-Mart's been on a roll lately, doing very well. Uh, won the shootout this weekend. It's his hometown race. But he's off. He's been off a week because of the West Coast guys. Can he keep that momentum going? JT seemed to think he could. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. Um, I, I was really driving the Martin bandwagon as soon as he got on a Honda because I thought he was going really, really fast. And, and he's he's won races in Supercross before, but you know, there was always those issues he had, and he seems now that he's worked them out. So um, that's awesome. I think maybe he finally has some confidence going, and, and he's – you know, maybe the start grades is something that he's figured out, and and he can be confident on the start and make sure he's up there. And that's 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 been his one problem is is finishing lap one in the top five to give him a chance to win, because uh, he's fit, he's got speed, but he would always have issues on lap one or in qualifying. But um, I would like to see him continue, obviously, for just as a fan. I mean, as a sponsor of his, as to make the series tighter. You know, the West Coast title is kind of. Um, getting uh spread out it's not nearly as uh exciting but um this east coast could get super exciting still so i think um i think he could do it and um i i hope he does you know so that would that would be cool to have another guy in the mix because for a while there it looked like it's just forkner and osborne going mm-hmm. for this title but now we have jordan smith and jeremy martin creeping back into the picture and well and for, there's still a shootout left for what it's worth and a lot of this stuff is just preseason bs uh, I talked to a guy who's uh, close with Eli, and I guess J-Mart is just flying outdoors. 
ju- at Eli's place, just absolutely crushing it, like pushing Eli a little bit type deal on a two fifty. So yeah, I mean, yeah. that doesn't um, that doesn't that doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, it, it surprised me. He's it surprises me. He's riding a two fifty outdoors even uh, practicing because I would assume he's practicing on four fifty up there, but um. It doesn't surprise me. He's a two-time outdoor champ, um, so it would be cool to to have Jeremy Martin at his at his peak mentally and you know kind of confident and and be there and contend for the title. I mean that's what he was signed to that team to do. So um, I think he's expected to do that. I think he can do that. So it's he's get, getting the ball rolling finally. And I, that's the most dangerous thing in the sport when anybody gets that happen. Yeah. gets that going. You You're know? right about that. Uh, Osborne is seven up on Forkner going into this weekend's Triple Crown. Does he leave more or less than seven points on Forkner? Oh man, I don't know. I, I, if I knew that, I'd be a rich man. But um, uh, it's hard to say. You know, it's going to boil down to who executes on Saturday and who gets a start. And um, a lot can happen, though. So um, it's a triple crown format, though. And I think, honestly, I think Jordan Smith's going to going to get in this thing a little bit. Uh, I, I think hey, he's he, only ten he's back. Wake. He's only ten back. Yeah. That's, Yep. That's what I mean. I think he's, he's really kind of um, – I, I think he's kind of letting this series come to him a bit, and I think this triple crown format, he's going to really strike a little bit and, and try to come out with three great starts. And um, uh, I think we're going to leave with some tighter points. If you want me to guess or try to forecast the future, that's yeah. what I'll say. I'll say it's all going to get a lot, lot tighter. I'll, hey, I'll say Jordan Smith wins the race. Wouldn't that be something if, if Jordan Smith, who realistically we have not talked much about, it's been Foss and Forkner and, and Zach Osborne the whole time, and, and uh, of course, Jordan was in prime spot to win the title last year. Uh, Osborne was way back, and Savachi was back, and, and Jordan Smith was in third, I believe, in Vegas and, and tossed it away. Wouldn't it be something for Jordan Smith to beat both of these, this Husky guy and the Cowie guy, and, and win this title? You know, that'd be, be kind of cool. I- it would be awesome. I mean, that, was a, that would be a good, heartfelt story. I mean, obviously, I'm a pro taper guy so i'd like to see a pro taper guy win but here talking on on your show i try to be as unbiased as possible and just give my true opinion but i mean he he had that title last year and and he had it he had it you know multiple laps into the main event and and threw it away and um i think he's uh he's going to try to make a run at this thing and and this weekend with a triple crown format if you know the guy that gets three good starts you can really put some put some points be, in between some people so um I I don't know how much you follow that Hep Suzuki Cedric Subaros deal that happened in uh, Seattle, but uh, you know his team left him kind of high and dry, and he borrowed some boots, and uh, they were too big for him, and he he got some gear, and he has practice helmet, and he had fly gloves, I guess JT said, and the guy got his season best finish in the main, not surprisingly, a European in the mud, and the Hep team is keeping him on. So, what's your pretty cool story, right? I mean, this is kind of a neat deal. Yeah, I think it's it's great. You know, we always talk about wanting to grow our sport and be bigger, but you know, the smallness of our sport really kind of shows its magic when these type of uh, situations happen. How people will band together to help a guy from a different country that hasn't been racing here his whole life, but just you know, some you know, a bad situation happened for him, and people from other brands and and com- competitors helped the guy out to to get him to go racing. That's cool, you know. So, um, good story, and he he rode well, and he's been putting in the main event every weekend. So it's super cool. Um, you know, I think uh, you know, it'd be great if we could get these stories out more to the to the 
you know, on, on the TV broadcast somehow and let more people know about them because that's a cool story. You know, it's cool that our community, our moto community is, you know, well, it really is a, is a family. So I didn't, I was making the point earlier, my DVR decided Seattle was so boring. It didn't even record it. Did they mention it on the <laughs> broadcast at all? Did anybody? Uh, I don't recall. I, I don't, I don't believe right. they did. No. Yeah. See, that's, that's pretty sad. They, they, that's a story that was churning in Friday and, uh, and we found out about it on Saturday and everything else. So they, they, that should have been talked about but um hey uh before we go i didn't know this paul but uh looks like you're going for loretta's again well yeah so i went and did an area um honestly i still don't know to this day if i'm gonna go but i was uh looking at the calendar on a saturday night watching seattle i was like man if i if i do want to go i need to do this area tomorrow because i'm out of town (laughs) for anything else so I was up till like twelve thirty, packing some stuff up, and and I went. And uh, if I do go, it'll just be one class. It'll be not nearly as serious as it has been in the past. I have to go for work anyway to support my amateur kids. Uh-huh. So um, it might be easy just to throw a bike in someone's truck and and race three motos. So uh, <laughs> I'm still on the fence, but I did get the area out of the way. <laughs> so Saturday night, you're like, oh shit, I got to go to Glen Helen. There's an area to uh, qualify. Yeah, oh, yeah. Geez. I was like, man, if I otherwise, so now I have a couple more months to decide, really. So. Uh, how'd you do? How'd you end up doing? I got second. Okay. Who beat you? Uh, Jeff Loop beat me. Oh, eight foot tall Jeff Loop. Yeah. Two tall loops. Yeah. Me. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. but that's pretty good for a Saturday night for the prep of a Saturday night going, oh, I guess I should go out and ride. That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't really been putting in any time. I've been focused on work and my family and at home and, um, but uh, but I, I, I'm still not going to put in as much time as I have in the past. I really want to enjoy myself and have a good time. And like I said, I have to right. go anyway, so we'll see if I end up racing or not. All right. Jordan Smith wins 250s, according to you. And who wins 450s? Uh, Marvin. I'll go Marvin. Yeah, that's not bad. It's hard to see anybody other than Marvin, Jason Anderson, or Eli Tomac taking a win these last four. It's just, just hard to see that. Yeah. But you never know. Yeah. we got some day races coming up, too. Um, all right. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it, man. All right. All right. You going this weekend? I am. I'll be there. All right. ProTaper, ProTaper.com. Please check them out. Thanks, buddy. See ya. Uh, 702-586-757. Nah, forget it. You know what? We got to wrap this thing. Let's, let's, let's pack this thing early. Minneapolis Supercross coming up this weekend. Triple Crown. Catch the fever. Tits, sounds like you're a fan of Triple Crown. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, too. Uh, don't forget, if you play Pulp Mix Fantasy, Tits, like you and I and a lot of other people... Pick the first lap leaders. You got three shots at it. And make sure the people that you pick are actually qualified for the night show. Oh, yes. Absolutely that, too. Wait um, until qualifying's yeah, done. Yeah. That's a good point. Yes. Um, um, you need to have all eight guys in. If you don't, you got You really need to question yourself in life if you don't have all eight guys in this weekend. Uh, all right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening. Another week. Tits is out this this for the next two weeks. So, Tits, anything you'd like to say to our audience? I hope I see you again. Thanks to Fly Racing, Get, Maxis, Pro Taper, all on board. Thanks to you guys for calling, and we will see you next week.